0: This is the Shanice Lewis Show, the number one podcast for plus-size women, with your host,
1: the queen of curvy conversation, Shanice Lewis.
0: Welcome to the show, I'm your host, Shanice Lewis, today is Monday, April 10th. 2019 make sure you're following the show's social media pages on Facebook at the Shanice Lewis show and on Instagram and Twitter at Shanice show you can also subscribe and listen to the show on iTunes, Google Play Music, Spotify, iHeartRadio or your favorite podcasting app today we have a very special guest on the show Dale Noel Del Noel is the founder and CEO of True Model Management. She was one of the fashion industry's most successful fitting models for nearly two decades before founding True Model Management. During her career as a professional model, she worked with the most reputable fashion influencers, including designers and brands such as Michael Kors, Calvin Klein, Oscar De La Renta, Tommy Hilfiger, Oleg Cassini, Ralph Lauren, Nicole Miller, Gap, J. Crew, Victoria's Secret, and many more. Del Noel has been featured in multiple television print and online publications, including Bloomberg. Forbes Fox News Business Worldwide Business with Kathy Ireland the Huffington Post and New York Times she is also an instructor for the Fashion Institute of Technology and is a new board member of the Miss America New York organization and we are so excited to have her on the show today welcome Dale to the show hi hi Shanice thank you I'm so excited to be here Thank you. I know you're very busy. You have your hands in so much. So thank you for taking the time out to talk to me today. So true model management opened its doors in 2011, which is not that long. So one of the reasons you were able to be so successful in such a short amount of time is because you had the connections being a top model. So tell us, how did you decide to make the leap from a model to an agent? Well, my story is, or again, the founding of True is
1: quite organic, and I really didn't plan to open a modeling agency at all. I was on my way out of the modeling business, and I formed the original true model management to manage my personal modeling career. But shortly after, I became unexpectedly pregnant and I had cancer at the same time. So when I was diagnosed, they told me I needed to quit modeling right away and you know, undergo surgery and treatment. So it came to an abrupt halt, my modeling career and I always had a passion for connecting people. And from day one, modeling, everyone told me I should be a manager or an agent because I was always finding models, training them, bringing them to my agent or friends' agencies, and it was a natural progression for me to manage other models when I found out that I couldn't model. So it kind of opened up, even though I'd thought about it before, it really I was catapulted into the business due to
0: my health. So in 2011, were you in remission or were you battling cancer as you opened the new business?
1: I was recovering, and I was all better within the year. So I was very, very lucky. I had great doctors, and it was early detection. I had had a neck cancer.
0: Oh, wow. So you kept this secret from the industry. Did you just recently decide to share your story? Well, I never really kept it a
1: secret. I didn't even publicize it unless someone asked and uh As far as when I started, I really didn't tell anyone that True Model Management was even around. I started working with the contacts I had and models who had asked me to manage them even before I had True. So, you know, when we first started, we didn't have a website. We didn't have an office. I started out of my home. And because of my health condition, I wasn't sure how long I would do it. So I really didn't want to say anything about it. But once I was strong and my baby was healthy, we moved to 7th Avenue and we were up and running, and we put up the website, I believe it was in 2012, and we were good to go.
0: So what was your biggest obstacle getting your agency off the ground? (laughs) Literally
1: speaking, I had my – I had – Cancer in my tongue, so I could not speak. But luckily, the woman who had been managing me prior to True as a model management company for other models, she was my voice piece, and I worked behind computers and um, I would meet people, but I couldn't speak with them. So for me, it was literally communicating with people.
0: Wow! There are many other options so, after that, but
1: initially, that right. was the first one.
0: Yeah. Obstacles are ongoing (laughs) Yes, it's
1: like yeah, But you know, you learn so much about it I learned so much about myself And I feel like I've grown so much Through all the obstacles and the troubles And trying to figure out How to solve them And then overcoming them I feel like you grow a lot
0: Right So I have a lot of listeners That want to be a plus size model A lot of them want to be the next Ashley Graham
1: Mm -hmm. But
0: is fit modeling. Is that the most lucrative way um, plus size models are making money behind the scenes?
1: Well, behind the scenes maybe yes, but it really depends on the model and their niche. So there are fit models who work day in, day out, all day long, every day, and they command very high rates and it's consistent work. So they might make more than the average print model. But look at Ashley Graham or some of the supermodels that, you know, have shown us they catapult into stardom and they make, you know, Great money if models are only doing editorial. There's really not a lot of money unless they land those those big campaigns, and then those pay well. So it
0: really depends on the person there because is there a lot of editorial for plus size modeling? Though
1: I feel every day there's a little bit more, um, but we're still working on getting it to be there as many opportunities as straight size.
0: Right, right. Now, how has social media changed the way you market your models and your business? Because one model told me that her agent told her she was required to have at least 10,000 followers on Instagram to help her career. Do you share that same philosophy?
1: Well, we don't require anything. Are true. It's not like we can force the model to do anything they don't want to do. We would give guidelines and suggestions. And having a following of 10,000 or more, there are greater opportunities because really the clients dictate. You know who they select. They're the ones making the selections, and we guide models and tell them. You know what is being requested most often. So in cases with social media, yes, the ones who have 10,000 or more. Do you get more requests or sometimes a client will say, oh, I only want, you know, 100,000 followers or more and I only want to see those those models that are influencers. As far as even numbers with followers, that's not even as important now. Engagement, like high engagement is so important because you might have a model who has 5,000 followers, but they – the analytics that are being tracked and they they have impressions of, say, 1,000 on the 5,000 followers, they're better than, you know, 100,000 followers and, you know, 10 people comment or, you know, like them. Right, so right. the clients are all looking for a return on their investment and would like to see the conversion. You know, if their model's promoting something, then they have more tendency to buy something.
0: Now with it's social new media is the – Is the line getting blurred between professional models, influencers, and bloggers? Is it all getting blurred where they're all in one pot now?
1: Somewhat. I would say there are a lot of gray areas, but there's more room for opportunity as far as some clients only want to deal with models who are managed and they feel that they're vetted already because sometimes someone... Their appearance and, you know, the impression they're making online is not actually how they are in person. I feel like the models of today, they need to be very well-rounded. You know, they need social media. They have to look good in print. They have to look good in video. They have to have a passion and a purpose and philanthropy. So I do think it's getting blurred a little bit, but um, it keeps it interesting. It's changing every day.
0: Now, tell me about your new influencer board and why you decided to add that to your agency. Well,
1: friends of mine in the business have been telling me for a while that, yes, influencers um, are important, and we have been doing it for years. Actually, we what I heard, we were one of the first that were sending our models, um, presenting to our clients, offering social packages of Instagram posts, blogs, doing stories, and for the model, having an additional revenue stream. We didn't make that public, though, and the industry started doing it you know, a few years ago. Anyway, we did it almost from when we started the Plus uh, division, the Curves division. So just putting in our website, we just are in the process of changing our website, so all our influencers are not up, but uh, we're very proud of Illy at Beauty Mart. Illy, she's one of the first ones up there. So within the next few weeks, there'll be a lot more up there, and we're very excited. So we feel like in this day and age, it's it's pretty much you must have it because <laughs> everyone's asking for it.
0: So are the requirements to be an influencer on your board similar to being a model? Do the same like height and size requirements hold for influencers? Well,
1: most of ours – are models and influencers, um, but we are open to diversity and all shapes, sizes. So it depends on the individual. So we don't really have requirements to be on ours. The team assesses it together and you know sees their potential or if they're gaining traction or have many people engaging with them. And as long as they're aligned with True culture, as far as you know being true to yourself and
0: being, doing good in the community, things like that are important to us. Now, are you looking for new faces, and if so, how does one submit to your agency?
1: We are always looking for new faces, so um, we are looking for pretty much every size, every shape, every ethnicity, uh, speaking directly to curve models and plus models. We are looking for print models. Um, I find that uh, in most cases, the ones that get the most work are around 5'9 and size 12 to 20. Um, we're finding now that the most popular is size 16 to 18, when in the past it was 14, 16. So the clients are requesting a little bit fuller as far as fit modeling. We uh, tend to book all the sizes, but 18, 20, or people are still calling them 18s, but they're fuller 18s now. So those are most popular. But, again, we we assess and uh, sign all sizes. And for the men, um, we've been doing big and tall for a while, but that's something that we haven't really publicized either. And we're really proud of one of our new ones, Ryan. And, uh, yeah, any of the guys, you know, over – 6'2", and larger sizes, we are all for meeting new new faces, new faces, new bodies. Now,
0: what, what is the biggest size that you are interested in hiring and working with? Because with social media, big stars have come out like Tess Holliday that do not mm-hmm. fit into the modeling mold, and people want to follow in her footsteps. But are you finding um, bookings for larger sizes? We tend to still get the
1: most um, from the 16 to 20 sizes. We do, um, when a client asks, we've only been asked a few times for much larger, like a 28, and then there is a client going up into the 40s. But um, pretty much we haven't set a limit on anything, but we usually just focus on what the clients are asking for most. So we don't want to sign someone and then you know, not have work for them. So we're trying to keep it... Um, To what we get the request for.
0: Now, are you interested in working with models that specifically stay in New York, or could they stay anywhere in America?
1: Really, the models could be from anywhere. We have models from all over the world. Um, I we see that the ones that move here and live here it is the easiest and most desirable because clients, even if the clients are from out of town or somewhere else in the world, at some point during the year, they all visit New York and call the New York offices for models. So in an ideal world, I would say they're here with us and we get to spend more, you know, personalized time with them, um, but we are open.
0: And also, if you live out of town, would you say you need to have a budget to fly in and out of New York quickly, and that could be costly?
1: Yes, that's why we usually um suggest that they move here or somewhere close by because when we've tried it before, we say, Okay, great, you're you know, you live in a little town, you know, some of these towns can be hours from an airport, then they have to fly here. The clients want the models when the clients want them. So if they ask, you know, can models meet us at four o'clock this afternoon or even tomorrow, it's something on short notice which does happen they wouldn't be available for everything. And many models, I don't like them spending a lot of money. I'd rather them spend money on getting more tests and classes for communication and things that will improve their chances of being selected by the clients. So you're, you hit it really on the head. When they're out of town, many of them do run out of budget and aren't available
0: for all the opportunities. So that could be difficult. Right, because I you wouldn't would need say you
1: know? hmm
0: Because you would need to get a flight and a hotel quickly, or do you have model houses for them?
1: We don't have specific model houses, but we do have connections to some housing. And if it's for a few days, you know, here and there, we usually can help our models find a place to stay. But as far as flying in and out all the time, the clients don't usually. Pay for it as far as direct bookings, if you're an established model and you've proven that you've've you've, um, there have been published campaigns of you when you're popular, then they'll fly you direct bookings but for a model starting out or someone that doesn't have uh, a great following yet, then they'll be required to pay for all that themselves and it does add up
0: yeah, now you just mentioned that um, models can take classes, in communications that help their career. Now, I want you to uh, expand on that. And also, do you recommend models taking um, runway classes and workshops? Because now with social media, everybody on Instagram is a coach. Everybody has a workshop. So what do you recommend models do to invest in their career?
1: I think as with any career, um, and just in life in general, education is really important to me and our, and our management company. And anything you can do to improve yourself and discover more things about yourself and build your self-confidence, we find that interviews, you, you need great communication skills and carrying yourself in a professional, confident way. So we have found that workshops and classes with professionals really do help. We give a list of um, suggested coaches. We don't require it again, but we do say this is something that could help you. And especially if you're shy, you might be really beautiful on a cover of a magazine or on a page. But when you're in, life dealing with people you really are are in your shell you really need to come out of that shell and own it and all those workshops runway on camera classes we suggest a lot because there'll be many times you know the models will be on the red carpet we invite them to events and they want to hear from them or they need you know clients look for youtubers too so if our models have the whole package deal we can promote them for youtube um jobs. We can do it for Instagram, all of that. So the more well-rounded the model is, the better the opportunities are.
0: But do you suggest when searching for classes and workshops that you look at the instructor's credentials? Because now it's a lot of scammers on social media that have classes.
1: Absolutely. With anything, you should always check credentials. Word of mouth is very good too. And we usually... Refer just a few that we've had success with with our models. So we try not to s- suggest someone that we haven't used, or if we do, we might, you know, <laughs> kind of like a disclaimer be like, we heard this, but it's up to you. Like maybe one is at a better price or something. And they're like, I found this one online. I really want to. I won't say you can't do it, of course. That's your choice. It's your life. It's your business. Right. So, of course, the talent can pick whoever they want to go to. But yes, I would suggest definitely vetting them. Referrals,
0: credentials, everything. Now, you are an instructor yourself at the Fashion Institute of Technology. Now, what courses do you teach there?
1: I teach a course that's called Real World Technical Design Studio, and that is is—it's all about fitting and technical design. So we have mock fittings in class. We bring... Multiple garments of all types of styles, and we will try them on people in the class. We'll bring in models. I'll try on clothes, and we are teaching uh, the students how to better communicate with factories, how to make sure uh, garment is well balanced and makes the wearer, you know, look good as well as be comfortable, and you know, it, it focuses on the construction. Of clothing as well as the aesthetics and the patterns so we we work with um, many many of the people in our class they're either assistant designers assistant techs it's um, more at the entry level getting them ready or in conjunction with other classes like pattern making and production classes so
0: you have a background in design as well
1: I have more in fitting, technical design, but um, I did own a company and was my own designer for outerwear, and growing up, my dad owned factories, and I would design all my clothes, and my dad and my grandmother would make them for me, and sometimes I would help and sew and do a lot of finishing touches. So I don't have a degree in design, but I definitely have made quite a few of my own
0: clothes or for my company when I had the outerwear company. It was all jackets. Oh, nice. Now we have some uh, breaking news to talk about. Hot off the press, you are a new board member with the Miss America New York organization. Now, congrats on that. And tell me, how did that come about?
1: Thank you. Yes, that was, yeah, it is really hot off the press. I wasn't even sure if I could tell about it yet, but it is great. And I was not involved in the pageantry world before this, officially, I we represented many models from Miss USA, Miss America, different pageants, and I really didn't know much about it until I started talking more with models and quite a few of them were our very top models, the pageant girls, so I've met the families and Uh, This new position, this came about because I went out to lunch with the owner and the new president of Actors Connection, and I had given them a little gift bag, like a tote bag from True, just thanking for bringing me out to lunch and keeping me in the loop and working with us, and they called me the next day, and Tony said, Dale, everyone at the office loves your bags can you make these bags for miss america you know we have the homecoming coming up in a few weeks and we would love for you to have these bags so i said well do they really want it to be all true because i have friends who own many companies and i could put together something really nice and they're like yeah yeah that would be great if you could do it so it turns out i put together about 15 or 20 bags had them delivered to the current winner uh current title holder of Miss America Nia and some of the other title holders, and everyone loved them. And then uh, the Miss America Association had uh, organization had asked me, "Oh, Dale, you did a great job on the bags. By any chance, do you know caterers?" So I was like, "Well, you know, my passion's connecting people. Let me think about it for a minute." And I called them back and referred a couple of people. And then uh, two major hospitality companies in New York, they provided catering all weekend for Miss America at Lincoln Center and at their hotels. And shortly after that, I was getting emails from Miss America organizations and asking me if I'd want to be involved in some way. So I said, well, I really don't know much about pageantry except what our you know wonderful models have told us. And then they asked me to be on the board, and I accepted. So I had to go through, you know, they had to vet me and check my background and all this. And so it's just become official. Uh, there's a entirely new Miss America New York board, so it's starting from scratch. Everyone except me has been in pageantry for decades. So they're all bringing me up to speed, and I'm the director of sponsorship
0: development now. So um, are you going to help find sponsors for the New York pageant? Is that your job now? Yes,
1: it is one of my jobs.
0: Wow, so if you don't have enough jobs already... You
1: are adding <laughs> I know. to the plate. So when <laughs> we you use it? I'm like, I don't, because I like to under-promise and over-deliver. So, um, But so far, so good. So we're on a good track, and they just had uh, the local competition. And uh, it was so great to see such diversity in the pageantry system. And I... I've always heard, you know, how controversial pageants are, but being around them backstage and hearing and learning from them, it's like they really focus on academics, intelligent, community service. You know, there's there's such a focus on self discipline and boosting self confidence and these women, wow, they their communication skills, they get asked some tough questions on stage there and all yeah. of them, the seventeen yeah. to twenty five year olds from Miss and then this teens, I was very impressed. So I'm looking forward to this new challenge
0: wow so how do you balance it all because you have um family you have a business you're into philanthropy how do you balance it or do you just not balance it and you're just always running on fumes
1: yeah i would say i don't i don't believe that any busy person really has like a quote unquote balanced life i think there's different ways to find balance i um I definitely was blessed with a lot of energy. <laughs> my whole family has a lot of energy and I basically I focused, I tried to loop a lot of them together too. So I might involve my family the philanthropy part or even some work things you know they'll come with me on model searches or um, I'm getting them all excited now about Miss America so when I have to travel for that they all come with me and as far as work I have an amazing team in the New York office and really they handle the day-to-day and part of me doing all this brings more to true for them to manage every day and uh, it really works out but I, I can't say that I have have like a set schedule every day that it's balanced like I do this for two hours and I do that for two hours and it's balanced that way because when I'm really involved in a big project it's like I'm 110% in and then I'm like okay let me switch years and now be 120% about the next thing and uh, I, I just get very excited and passionate so uh, yeah there's times when I run on fumes but usually I regroup and regenerate and all good.
0: So what is the ultimate goal with your career and your personal brand?
1: I would say for my personal career goals, my personal brand, every day I feel like I'm fulfilling goals because I'm connecting people for a greater good. So my passion really is bringing great people together to create synergy and for other, to help other people make their dreams come to fruition, so for me, I feel like there's little goals met every day, so I think one career goal would be that if I could really go into business with some people in my family too, I think that would
0: be an ultimate uh, ultimate goal. Have you ever been pursued to be on a reality show because it looks like you would be a good housewives of New York? <laughs>
1: Maybe. Housewives of New York did not uh, ask me to be on it, but I have been asked to be on a couple of reality shows, and so was True, a couple of other ones. And up until this point, I've turned them down just because the producers that I've spoken with, they can take the liberty to change whatever they want. And I was on one reality show once, and I could see how they – Clip and cut and put things together like the sentences you just say aren't even the sentences. And one of our models was on the show. Um, yeah, so I was just like, hmm, I don't know. Reality as it is today, if it's something that's a positive reality and doing some good, and it's like really showing what people do kind of like behind the scenes, uh, but. Right now, I just got certified to be my own uh, producer, so I might create my own show. I I got certified in basic studio production, so um going to continue. And nice. To, yeah, I'm going to crew on other people's shows first to learn a little bit more about it. So reality show might be in the works, but kind of with a positive spin. I'll
0: so do books. you have any... Do you have anything else happening that we could be on the lookout for? Because you have so many things. We didn't even get to touch everything you're involved in.
1: Yeah. um, Well, you hit on some of the best ones. Um, Another thing that I'm involved in is uh, the National Eating Disorders Association, and they just had their gala a couple of weeks ago, and I was so proud of our big and tall model, Ryan Sheldon. He spoke and Emmy spoke. They were on the stage together. He's an ambassador as well as Melinda Parrish, one of our models, and i really focusing on their theme for 2019, which is Come As You Are. So we're trying to align our models and some of our missions with that and helping anyone we – We know that has an eating disorder because we find that, you know, all shapes, sizes, races, genders, you know, socioeconomic status, anyone can get an eating disorder. Well, that is awesome.
0: So tell us your official websites for you and for TRUE. Sure. For true, it's true, T-R-U-E, model,
1: M-O-D-E-L, dot net. So that's model without an S. And then our handle for social media is at true, T-R-U-E, model, M-O-D-E-L, M-G-T. And for mine, it's my name, Dale, D-A-L-E, Noel, N-O-E-L-L-E, dot com. And my handle is at Dale Noel, underscore
0: true well thank you so much for being on the show today it's a pleasure speaking with you and even though i've interviewed you before i learned new things about you today oh thank you yeah call anytime i would love to talk i have
1: so much more to say oh one exciting thing too our model uh her her handles uh, at Curvy Trini. Her name is Sarah Hamill-Smith. She's going to be, we just got her on to speak at TEDx. So we're excited about that. Nice. Too, that's all. And it's about uh, Plus Models. So we're very excited.
0: We'll keep you posted after that nice. happens in June. Yes. Well, continued success with everything you have going on, and uh, we'll be in touch. Great. Thank you so much, Shanice. All right. Enjoy the rest of your evening. You too. Bye bye. Bye bye. And thank you to my fabulous guest today, Dale Noel. Make sure you follow her and True Model Management. I've been your host this evening, Shanice Lewis. Thank you for tuning in and supporting. Until next time, keep thriving in your curves and be blessed. Been listening to The Shanice Lewis Show. For more info about the
1: show, visit ShaniceLewisShow.com.